Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec. Today we're going to do a, a kind of a case study. It's come from a question as a result of the Brandon Wilson episodes where we talked about sabotage, about his book, and about all of the different ways that leadership sabotage can happen, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And the question that came back to us was about the example he gave of someone who collects tasks, who is always the person who says, well, let me do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And they consciously or unconsciously do that and then become a secondary power broker or a power source within the team. So you're the leader and you're giving all of these tasks to someone else. So everyone's going to that person to get direction or to get information or whatever else it is. They become the silent leader of the team. And the question that came to us was that if you are that person who always puts their hand up and who who says, give it to me, I'll, I'll do it, because you know that you can get it done or you think you can get it done better than anyone else that, that's around, how do you say no? And when do you say no? And how often do you say no? And, and how do you live with saying no because it can be a very difficult thing to do if you think that you can do the task or you know that you can do the task and you can do it faster and better than anyone else that's there. And you don't necessarily want to be taking away the the leadership role from the actual leader, but your focus is the task. You're not interested in the leadership. You're focused on the task. You want to do the tasks, but as a result of doing all of the tasks, you then become the person that they go to as the leader of information, I guess it is, rather than the leader of the team. So how do you say no? How often do you say it? How do you live with yourself when you've said it? (laughs) And I'm not going to answer it straight away because I have been in this position. (laughs) (laughs) If you keep saying yes, it's going to continue. It's never going to stop. And there is a limit where you can do your job and keep saying yes to everything. And then you get to a point where it'll be, you know, very disappointing for you and everyone else, because what will happen there is that you can't do it all perfectly because you just, you know, can't do it 24-7. That's the first thing. The other thing is how to say no. Just say, look, I, I really think we should give someone else the opportunity to do it. And if you've got some suggestions, make that. Just so I know that. Yeah. So I, I think just, that's the important part is that if you're going to say, I think someone else should do it, then you've got to suggest someone else. You can't just yeah. be out. Because sometimes what that the underlying message for that is that, that, that you want the person to say, oh, no, no, you do it. We know you can do it. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. And you could say it in a way that says, look, I've noticed um, that person really is keen on that and got some good ideas or have participated well in the past on this. Now you could say that and who you say it to and how you say it is key. So, for example, go to the actual leader and just say, look, I, I don't mind helping out. As you know, I've been doing these things. But you know what? I really think um, so-and-so is really will will I benefit and will add great value and maybe let that leader then do their job and get mm-hmm. the talk to invite that person to do it. And whoever came to you with that with that instead of going to the leader is to 
let the leader communicate with them. Oh, I understand that you want to get this done. Guess what? I'm happy to say that I talked to so-and-so and, and all of that. And then those people might say, no, no, but we wanted that person, the original, uh, you know, because they always do it and said, no, no problem at all because that person has got the confidence that this person would do it and they're happy to be in the background and guide if they need to. So I think, too, in that situation, you can suggest that you would train or you can, yeah. you can say to the leader, I would like to ask if I could train someone yeah. to do it, if I could show someone how to do it. Yeah. And ask permission. Don't say, yeah. I'd like you to suggest someone, yeah, because that's just throwing it back in their face and saying, you know, you yeah. choose someone who's better than me. But, yeah. but suggest that you, you would like to offer your expertise to show someone else how to do it and, and let them choose someone else to do it. But also be kind to yourself as well because I guess you've always been the go-to person and you've got a lot of satisfaction after that. Just be selective. There's nothing wrong with that because you've got your own things to do. So if there are some things that you want to continue to, to own or be referred to you, just let it be known. But if you don't want it as a burden, then have your backup, your trainee, the person we just talked about. So you can share them, but you don't have to give everything away if you don't want to. And everybody's happy with your contribution. Just don't make yourself single person dependent. <laughs> and, and that will have its own problems when you're not around or when you have too much and when you had enough. One of the other areas that concerns me about it is in taking on all of the tasks you then don't necessarily take on the priorities that have been set by the rest of the team or the leader of the team or, or your, your deliverable results, whatever else it is, that once you've got all the tasks, you set the priorities according to what you want to do or what time you've got or what you see as their, their relative importance. And that's very dangerous because what will happen inevitably at some point is that something that you've relegated to much lower down the scale will suddenly be asked for, be demanded, be expected, and you haven't got the time to do it. You resent the fact that you've made the wrong prioritisation and so you get defensive and you don't do as good a job and your whole reputation can be damaged by the fact that bottom line is you took on too much mm. at the start. You took on the wrong things and you didn't take on the, the corresponding priorities for each of those tasks. You just said, yes, I'll do them and, and I'll sort it out in my own time because I'm doing it. And that is you gathering power, whether you recognise it or not. That's you gathering power over the the tasks that need to be done. In terms of, of saying no, I've tried a few different ways to say no. I've said no. I've said no, I can't do it. No, I haven't got time. And that has been left met with uh, the blank stares and the silence in the room. And the longer the silence goes, the more that I internalise and think I'll have to say yes because no one else is going to put their hand <laughs> wrong, up. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And, and, and it's got to be done. This is a task that needs to be done, has to be done. So in, in that instance, that's where I have said I can do it, but it will not be a priority for me. So don't expect it before this time yeah. for it to be done. And if you need it done before then, then someone else is going to have to 
work with me or do it themselves or whatever else it is, but I will not be, I can do it, but I will not be able to do it until this date. Yeah. And often that has been what's gone away from the meeting and then later, a week, two weeks later, there's been some offer. Yeah, so, so people have had a chance to think about it. They didn't have to make the decision on the spot. And what I increasingly recognised was that they didn't have to make the decision in front of me. Yeah. If I was seen as the subject matter expert and I was saying, no, I couldn't do it for this amount of time, they didn't want to put their hand up in front of me and say, okay, I'll do it because there's a, a level of, of deference and uh, respect that they were paying me by saying, I know I can't do it the way she does it. I wouldn't be able to do it in the same time frame, but I could probably give it a try. But I don't mm. want to say it in front of her because I don't want to be, I don't want the focus to be on me and, and the mm. comparisons made in the meeting. And so I'll go away and I'll think about it later and I'll do it anonymously or, or not face-to-face by doing it via email or, or some other way. And that has led me to taking a whole different approach to the, these situations where I do find it difficult to say no because I do feel a commitment to certain tasks and certain organisations and getting things done. So the approach that I have taken very recently, like in the last week, <laughs> is to be honest and to say to the leadership that is there at the moment, I need to step away completely. I need to not be seen to be part of what is happening here so that other people can be comfortable about bringing themselves forward and they're not going to feel like they are being looked at over their shoulder. They're not going to feel like there's comparisons being made that I am well and truly in the background because I remember a time when I wasn't here in this organisation and what was happening and they need to know that there is a time other than when I am around. And we'll see how that goes. But I'm comfortable with that. But that's worked better for me than anything else I've tried in the past. I would recommend that that's a way that you can think about doing these things is to say, no, I'm going to step back. I, I won't be involved in this activity because I've got all of these other things that the organisation needs as priorities. I'm going to focus on those I won't even be thinking about the rest of that. You know, if it's a situation where I'm fortunate in that I don't have to physically see these these people, but if it's a situation where you're physically in the same room or you're part of the team and you say, no, I'm setting my parameters at this, I'm not even going to think about anything else. Certainly if we have meetings, I'll be part of the general discussion, but I'm not going to second guess what's being done. Bottom line, I'm not interested in what's going to happen with that segment of the tasks that are being done because I, my focus is here. Mm. And to make it very clear that you're differentiating what you're going to do with what can be done. Yeah. Give someone else the opportunity. I think we've covered that as, as much as we can at this point in time. So that's uh, how to say no when you know that you can get tasks done or that you think that you can. And I will, once again, put those links to Brandon Wilson's podcast so that you can hear what he had to say about collecting tasks and about being the secondary power situation in a team. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec.